Welcome to the Rational Egoist. I'm your host, Michael Leibowitz. Well, I've already had a couple guests on to discuss conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists, as it's an issue that really intrigues me. It has for a long time, ever since my days of being in prison, where there's a lot of guys who buy into conspiracy theories. What I'm really interested in, though, is not conspiracy theories, but the conspiracy theorists. And today's guest, I think, is going to help to provide some insight into the way conspiracy theorists think. He's a postdoctoral research associate at the University of Kent School of Psychology. He wrote his doctoral thesis on the relationship between attachment anxiety, catastrophizing, and belief in conspiracy theories. Dr. Ricky Green, welcome to the show. Cool. Thank you very much for having me on. So the first question I, I always ask, and it seems to be a difficult one to answer, what is a conspiracy theorist? Conspiracy theorist? I mean, there they could be anyone. Uh, I mean, like, you know, any, anyone could be a conspiracy theorist. And a lot of people, you know, do believe in conspiracy theories. Um, so, uh, I mean, I can start with, like, what the definition of a conspiracy theory is. Um, okay. And, like, and so it's generally a belief that, um like two or more people so a group have coordinated um to achieve some sort of outcome but they've done something nefarious to get that an outcome so there's always there's always a group and there's always something that's happened and there's always a reason for it and it's a secret reason um and yeah people are drawn to these uh conspiracy theories so, like, to answer who's a conspiracy theorist, I mean, there's so many different reasons why people are drawn to conspiracy theories. That's why it's really hard to answer that question. There isn't really one sort of answer for it. There's many different reasons. Um, and that's definitely something I can get into today with you. Well, I definitely want to. And that mm -hmm. leads me to my next question. What are some mm -hmm. of the things that motivate the people who buy uh -huh. into conspiracy theorists? I'll give you an example. In my experience with conspiracy theorists, both in and out of prison, it seems to me that there's this drive to be unique, to mm -hmm. say, like, the, on one hand, they make it like they want to convert others, but really mm -hmm. they don't. They mm -hmm. like to be able to say, I'm in the know. I'm not a dupe like the rest of these people. I've got it all figured out. I know the secret. I'm smart. Mm -hmm, that that mm -hmm. seems to be one of the motivating factors, but I can't imagine it's the only one. So what what other things? What are the type of things that motivate them? Uh, well, it's really, really interesting and good that you say motivate, because actually that's actually kind of what the what the understanding is at the moment, which a lot of psychologists have come to the conclusion of is that, yeah, people are motivated to believe in them for for many different reasons. And it's and it's really interesting that you mentioned that one about uniqueness as well, because that has been shown in the literature. So that has been looked at. Um, and it, they found a relationship between people who want to, people who have a need to feel unique, they are more drawn to conspiracy theories. And similarly, because of the reasons of what you said, you know, it gives them like they've got special knowledge and, uh, you know, it just makes them appear unique. Um, so and broadly, what that one is, that's like that's a social motive. So so as I was saying, like the psychologists have come to a real good understanding now because the research in this area is like, it's it's exploded in the last 10 years but within like in all the last 20 years there's been lots and lots of research and and from that research um with psychologists come to the conclusion that people are motivated to believe in conspiracy theories as a means to satisfy psychological needs and but generally for people whose these needs are not met so for instance yeah people who want to feel good in their social groups conspiracy theories is one way of doing that because it can make you feel it can make you appear unique 
and then you can feel good about yourself in a social group. Um, but then there's that's like one broad motive, a social motive. Uh, there's another two broad motives, and uh, the, one of them is called existential needs. So we all have this need to feel secure. We want to feel secure. We want to feel like we're in control of our lives. But unfortunately for a lot of people, you know, some people don't feel secure, you know, for many different reasons, for anxiety reasons or for, you know, uh, um, like reasons that are outside of their hands, like relative deprivation, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. uh, poverty and things like that. And if you are lacking in, in a need to feel secure, then conspiracy theories seem um, really appealing to these people. That they're, they're motivated to believe in them because it helps to to explain why why they don't feel secure because the world is like this it's controlled by X Y Z um, so it just helps to give so so yeah it helps to like psychologically you know alleviate those feelings of existential insecurity um, which is quite sad you know like that's that's, that's what, one of the that's one of the main drivers as to what draws a lot. Of Conspiracy, uh, people to conspiracy theories is this existential need to feel secure and conspiracy theories may provide that um and the other broad motive is this epistemic need so as well as wanting to feel secure uh, and with the social need we want to feel good in our social groups we also have a need to understand the world we want to feel like we know what's going on um some people are fine with like not having to know every detail but for but some people are really drawn. They want to know an answer to everything. But sometimes there isn't an answer to everything, or it's not. An, it's not a simple answer. But conspiracy theories do provide simple answers, and they appeal to people who want to understand, but like want an easy way of understanding. If that makes sense. So those are the three broad motives: social motives, epistemic motives, and existential motives. So this is, I find very fascinating because I never would have considered this, but you've studied the relationship between attachment anxiety mm -hmm. and conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. I assume you're talking about the attachment anxiety as described by a John Bowlby or a, a Mary Ainsworth, right? Yeah. So can you just explain that a little bit and how does that, I mean, you kind of did already, but maybe go yeah. a little more depth and how that ties into the, the buying into the conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're uh, great. Um, so uh, attachment anxiety, if, if you are high in attachment anxiety, then you're inherently insecure. You feel insecure. And that is that that literally taps into that existential motive because we want to feel secure. But for people who have attachment anxiety, they just inherently feel insecure in their relationships specifically. And um, so I went about looking into this uh during my masters um and and i found that there's already because there was nothing on the relationship between attachment anxiety and conspiracy beliefs and i was primarily primarily trying to understand why people were drawn to conspiracy theories so trying to think about you know other reasons that haven't already been shown in the literature and then i found some uh studies that linked uh, attachment styles so anxiety and avoidance uh to political orientations and I thought that was quite interesting. Like the, it, it wasn't very consistent, but there was something there. And it just kind of showed that people with attachment anxiety are kind of drawn to, well, it, they, they were drawn to uh, uh, right-wing like ideologies, like uh, right-wing authoritarianism, things like that. But it wasn't consistent. But anyway, that, that kind of got me thinking about, right, well, perhaps it might explain, they could predict why people believe in conspiracy theories as well. Mm -hmm. And then when I was reading into attachment theory literature, and I hadn't done before this point, uh, a lot of things started to make sense. Because when I'm reading about 
the description of someone with attachment anxiety it's and then i'm and then i have the 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 um the idea of you know how would this link to belief conspiracy theories well the thing that i looked at my phd which explains why they're linked and because they are linked so i do find that people with attachment anxiety have a tendency to believe in conspiracy theories and the reason being is because they have this inherent uh, insecurity and they basically have worries about relationships and they think that people are going to abandon them any moment so what people with attachment anxiety tend to do as a a maladaptive way of coping so it's not it's not an effective way because it's it's harmful in the end um is that they tend to catastrophize about problems that are going on and the reason that they do that is because then that gets the attention of friends and family because if they're making a big issue about something then all eyes are on them mm-hmm. and they can get the security and attention that which they desire and so what i kind of wrote in my thesis is that perhaps conspiracy theories is another way of grabbing people's attention and 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 catastrophizing about the world so it's just another a tool or you know a way that that uh yeah it motivates people with attachment anxiety to 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 discuss and believe these conspiracy theories because it's a way of catastrophizing about the world saying hey look this is look how bad this is and then they get the attention of you know friends family and things like that so that's kind of that's kind of the idea of what I had with it. I don't know if does that make sense to you? <laughs> it does. So it seems like that there might be two things going on. One yeah. is the the buying into the conspiracy theory is basically not authentic. It's mm. buying in it for the attention, almost like a malingerer that that fakes illness for the attention. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there might also be this sense of conspiracy theories provide a sort of security mm-hmm. where if I I know all these things are going on, I can do something about it. Whereas the world is really a far more chaotic place than that, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything to that aspect of the attachment where the conspiracy theory is believed in authentically because it brings that sort of security? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a- absolutely. Um, and it's a very good point that you made as well about how maybe people are believing in them like in a superficial way. You know, they don't really believe in them, but they're using them as a way to get attention. Yeah. Well, it's it's really hard to say exactly, you know, it, it's hard to say it's not like every single person with attachment anxiety be, uh, believes in them superficially you know so obviously lots of them are actually going to believe in them for real and and just to make a wider point by the way not everyone with attachment anxiety will believe in conspiracy theories that's just yeah. you know it just it's just that's the trend it just means that they're more likely to it doesn't mean everyone so i just want to make that clear like doesn't mean everyone with attachment anxiety believes in conspiracy theories um but yeah so as i said they do feel inherently secure and it is around that relationship aspect that they feel insecure about but generally people with attachment anxiety they feel insecure about a lot of other things as well and so yeah conspiracy theories may be able to provide some psychological security because yeah as you said it helps them understand the the world that's going on it provides a simple answer um to to uh to, to how they're feeling perhaps you know like if life isn't going their way well there's a reason for that it's because the conspiracy theories you know uh it won't let me get to where i want to get to or, or something like that you know yeah. um but yeah just on that so it's not um so there's like so when i say about existential motives you can divide that into two actually because you can have internal existential crisis going on and that more relates to attachment anxiety that more relates to your psychology if that makes sense and then there's external existential threats things that are out of your control like 
uh terrorist attacks for instance you know like that that sort of attack that's gonna it's gonna scare people and people want to have an easy answer to this terrifying thing so you think about 9-11 um it just perhaps it was too simple of an uh, explanation that you know um that terrorists did it like it had to be much more than that it can't you know like people need uh an answer to this big thing that's happened you know yeah. and so yeah conspiracy theories can provide some security in that it gives them they feel like they know what's happened you know you also mentioned the epistemic needs and it's yeah. interesting to me because the epistemology of conspiracy theorists both fascinates me and infuriates me it's a love-hate relationship i like mm -hmm. to delve into it but then i find it very aggravating so, mm -hmm. in, but it seems it's it's reminiscent to me of the epistemology of a religious person. It's mm. it, because like if you're discussing, for instance, on my Facebook page, I have it set up. So there's a lot of discussions around politics, philosophy, economics. Now, these are topics. If you're delving into economics, you've got so many different theories, so many different points of view that you've got to reason through history, logic. Same thing with, the, you know, philosophy, politics. There's just so many mm -hmm dynamics that you have to consider but the conspiracy theorist just focuses basically okay there's this cabal out there that's trying to ruin us they're tearing mm. us down we need to fight them it just mm. simplifies the whole yeah. thing so there's not a whole lot of real thinking that needs to be done but yeah. they seem to think that they're doing the most thinking like <laughs> we're doing all this research but really you're not you're you're cherry picking yeah. evidence Mm -hmm. And then saying, I know this to be true without actually reasoning through it. And it just seems very reminiscent to me of religion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you've made some really, really good points there. And uh, and and religiosity has been linked to conspiracy belief as well. It's not a real strong thing. It doesn't mean that all religious people believe in conspiracy theories and vice versa. But there is a link there. You know, there's a smallish link. Um, so that is interesting. And people have... Uh, argued, you know, that there are shared things between um, being religious and believing in conspiracy theories. You know, they provide answers to the world and, and things like that. Um, but what you said at the beginning is very interesting as well, that uh, it's fascinating and frustrating at the same time. And and it is because, uh, because yeah, as you're saying, like, they, they, they have the simple answer to the world, but actually sometimes they are quite complex, like, but they are simple at the same time. And this is the frustrating and fascinating thing about it is that they, they're so interconnected. Like there is actually in some conspiracy theories, there's lots of connections going on, lots of analysis. And sometimes if you read conspiracy theorists post online, they write essays like and these are people that can actually write well. And, they're, they're, you know, they, they, they seem smart, but they're writing about conspiracy theories. But like you know, really weaving all these things together. So just wanted to make that point that, yeah, like I, I think a lot of the explanations are simple, but actually there's, there are some some websites that you could probably go to or some conspiracy forums where they, they are doing a lot of thinking, but, you know, it's not maybe the right way of going about what they're trying to figure out. But yeah, just wanted to, yeah, you, I've read some long, long essays of conspiracy theorists, you know, they, they're connecting everything and, you know, uh, but, you know, a lot of it doesn't make sense, but they're really thinking. <laughs> Another way that the epistemology to me is reminiscent of religion mm -hmm. is the innovation. Like if, if you and I have a debate, for instance, you know, whatever we're debating about and we say, OK, let's go to this source, you know, and then we go to the source and I see, OK, you were right. I was wrong. I accept that I move on. 
But mm. w- when debating with religious people, they have sort of escape hatches. Like anytime mm. you put a, a hole in in the argument, it's, well, that's because the devil's blinding you or mm-hmm. God is allowing you to see what he wants. Or that's just your mm. lack of faith because you're not believing, you're not mm. able to see the truth. And the conspiracy theorist, it's, well, of course, that source is going to tell you this. And, you know, you need to go to this source. But then when I have gone to the source and it tells me something different than they want to hear, then it's no, that's mm-hmm. not you, you got to look to a different source. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just this unwillingness to be falsified that this yeah, is yeah. the belief and there's nothing that's going to shake me from it. Mm-hmm. Is is that I'd imagine it's got to be common, right? Amongst conspiracy yeah. theorists. Yeah, yeah, no. The way you describe that, yeah, yeah, it's very um, absolutely similar. And I'm just trying to think of like I don't know off the top of my head any research. There has been research that's looked at, you know, uh, does if people's high on religiosity, yeah, they do believe in conspiracy theories, and that has been shown. But you're just making me think of something quite interesting. There hasn't been any research that's looked at the similarities between uh like how you can communicate with religious people and conspiracy theorists because i think you're right that you'd probably find that they have the same sort of processes in how they argue you know um yeah when they're coming to a point which they're being rebutted with you know they can easily just fall back on well you know uh, god's testing you or something like that or or with conspiracy theories as well um uh yeah they're just like like any any information that you want to show them like if you're trying to give them like actual real mainstream information mainstream information then you can't you can't show them that because it's just they're part of the conspiracy yes they have that fallback similarly to i guess yeah religious uh people as well um yeah there's there's definitely lots of similarities between religiosity and conspiracy belief but there are big differences as well because like all of the things that tend to predict conspiracy belief don't, you know, uh, well, as far as I'm aware, they're not, it's not the same, basically. Like, uh, it's, there's there's something different about being drawn to conspiracy theories than, than, than being drawn to a, to religion. But they definitely have similarities in, in how they are, like in how you can communicate um, uh, with them, I guess. Yeah. Now, you, you've written about impression management. Among us, mm. conspiracy theorists, right? Mm-hmm. Can you first of all explain what is impression management and how does it differ amongst different types of conspiracy theorists? Okay, cool. So there's 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 impression management and then there's impression formation, and um, we looked at both of them aspects in the paper. And so impression management is like if you want to manage how people perceive you. So if you want to be perceived as a good person you know or, or whatever then that's you if you're if you're actively trying to uh to to manage how people view you that's management impression uh yeah impression management sorry and then there's impression formation where you're making impressions of others you know like that's you forming impressions of others whereas the other one is you trying to manage how people uh make impressions of you yes and so what we did in that study is we looked at a lot of different ways we asked people firstly to um we asked them we said to them if if you wanted people to perceive you as unstable or or uh, an, a stable versus unstable how would you how would you uh, agree with this conspiracy theory in front of someone or like in a i think the scenario that we had was i think imagine that you're in court um I think for someone like that, I can't remember the details off the top of my head, but like imagine you're in court and you're trying to uh, get, you know, um, 
not, not get out of jail, but like not not be sentenced to something like that. And you, they asked you about conspiracy theory. And if you wanted to appear stable, how would you answer that? And then most people, if they wanted to appear stable, would say, I disagree with that conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. The people, and there was a number of other examples that we did similar to that. And basically what we found is that when people want to appear unstable, they will agree with conspiracy theories. If they want to appear stable, they disagree with it. So people already have this idea of how conspiracy theories are perceived because they because they change how they respond to it depending on how they want to be, uh, their impressions that they want to make, if that makes sense. Depending on the audience, I'd guess it would be right. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. And actually, this isn't, we're running a lot, uh, we've run a load of studies now off the back of that impression paper because we're manipulating the audience. So it's really interesting that you said that because that's literally the next step that we took as well because we did it in a bit of a vacuum. We, you know, we didn't give them any context in that in that study that's published. But yeah, for sure, it depends on the audience. And we are finding that they change how they respond. They manage their impressions depending on the audience that they have. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I found interesting with, mm. that you wrote about was that people that are, I want to say, soft believers in conspiracy theorists. You had another mm. word. I don't remember what it was. But they do that. when They, they tend to think that claiming to be a conspiracy theorist is going to create a negative impression. But you also said mm-hmm. that your hardcore true believers think that saying they believe in a conspiracy theorist is a demonstrate would demonstrate integrity to other people. Yeah. So yeah. they, so they're, they don't have, think that others have a negative view, right? They think nah. it's going to come off as good. Why is that the case? Well, because, it, because that's their beliefs and, you know, like, everyone wants to think that their beliefs are perceived as as good amongst other people right um so yeah that that was actually another element to this so you know we have the whole uh to appear stable or unstable agreeing and as you said obviously it depends on the audience but it also obviously depends on the person who's who's doing it and what yeah what we found is that if if the person who we're asking to make these uh, impression management uh judgments if they believe in conspiracy theories, like they, they think that it's good to to to, to agree with them because that's that that's that's them. Like it's basically um um like because that they they feel like that's right, you know. And uh, whereas people who don't believe in conspiracy theories, they 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 have the they well they have the impression that other people won't like them as well. So it's just the case of like they're my beliefs. Everyone's gonna like them, you know. It's just the case of that really. Um, so that is two with the two different types, right? Your your hardcore true believer and your I don't know if it, someone that's kind of faking it, I guess, for lack of a yeah. better word. Well, well, I think what we meant by that is like because we measured how much do the participants believe in conspiracy theories. And if they scored low, then that doesn't that doesn't mean they're a soft belief, it just means that they either don't believe conspiracy theories or they like, you know, have very low, low belief in conspiracy theories, like or they just disagree or don't agree, you know. Um, okay yeah so it's not necessarily like soft believers it might just be non-believers okay yeah 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 so what is the difference between someone that's a maybe a dabbler in conspiracy theories and Mm. someone that just buys in hardcore yeah um yeah there's uh there is a difference um and i think it can be explains like have you heard the the rabbit hole term before going down the rabbit hole 
Yes. I wrote a yeah. book called Down the Rabbit Hole. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I co-author. Okay. I co-author a book called Down the Rabbit Hole. Oh, nice, Hole. nice, nice. Okay, I'll have to look that up. It's um, about it's about the prison system. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you know, you know, in regards to conspiracy theories as well. Um, so that's why a lot of people say when they know someone who's gone down a rabbit hole, they believe in them a lot. Um, well, there's people that are still at the mouth of that hole, you know, they're, they're not gone quite down there yet, but they're there and they're, they're dabbling with conspiracy theories. Um, and not everyone will get sucked into that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I reckon that, and I'm, the, the rabbit hole people are the hardcore believers, right? And that's, um, but the ones that are just still above, they're like dabbling a little bit. And I I would say that if they don't end up going right down a rabbit hole, then there's another reason why they believe why, why they why they're drawn to them. And there's and that's and it's, this is something else that's been shown in literature, and this is kind of unconnected to the motives that I was talking about. So it's not just all about the motives, by the way. There are still lots of other reasons, um, probably still reasons that we don't even know about yet. But here's another one: is that people are into them because they're entertaining, they're fun, right? Um, I used to be into them a little bit, like before I started my studies, you know, I was like, I used to watch them with my friend uh, when I used to go around and see him watching all these videos and they were entertaining, you know, it was just, just kind of fun. And that's what's been shown literally as well. That some people are just, just like them, like, and they do believe in them a little bit, but only because they just think they're, they're fun and, and it's fun to then discuss them with friends and stuff like that. Um, so I, I reckon that that might be what splits the hardcore believers and the doubters, you know, the ones that are just dabbling in it. It might be that, you know, people that are dabbling in it, they're just there for entertainment reasons. They think it's fun, you know, whereas the ones that have gone down a rabbit hole, they're in it for serious business because they believe in it. It's changed their life. It's changed their, they've opened their eyes, as they say, you know, Um, and they're no longer a sheep. And that's when it's, that's when it can be a bit problematic. I think, you know, once you're sure right down that rabbit hole. I, I like the rabbit hole analogy. I, I was in prison with a guy and he got into this redemption in law thing yeah. and he kept buying books and the books were telling him he was going to get out of prison. He just had to, you know, figure out the, to crack the code, but it was always another book that he had to buy. It's just mm-hmm. one more book. I just got to get mm-hmm. this one more book and that's going to solve it. And I used to, I tell him, you know, assuming you're right. And there is this organization that's controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Why would they just concede because you happen to figure it out? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because you filed the paperwork the right way. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to say, yeah, look, we've been screwing everybody all this time, but you got us. It just mm-hmm. didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But you, he he wouldn't be shaken from it. It was like, like I said, it was like mm-hmm. a religion to him that he just mm-hmm. kept buying more and more books and buying more and more into it. It was yeah. a fascinating, fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. Are there differences between... I mean, I know there is is in terms of the concrete details, but in terms of styles, motivations, thinking, epistemology between left wing conspiracy theorists and right wing conspiracy theorists. Um, There are differences, but again, also some similarities. And I think it's hard to say whether the similarities are are stronger or the differences are stronger. Uh, And the reason being is because predominantly it, it seems that it's like conspiracy theories is more of a right wing thing, but obviously that's not the case. But when you see, um, it just seems like it's more mainstream with the right, uh, with people on the right and and politicians on the right as well. Like a lot of, you know, um, uh, not it doesn't happen so much in the UK, 
but like American politicians, like uh, Republicans, it's quite it's quite amazing how sometimes they just talk about conspiracy theories, like and just like a thing of like Trump and 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 people like that, like creating conspiracy theories and propagating them and things like that. Um, I just find that fascinating. And so there, there is a difference there. Just see it on, on the face of things. It seems like the conspiracy theories are more of a right wing thing, but that's really not the case. Like this conspiracy theories is for the left, for the right, and even for the center. You know, they're for for everyone basically. But there are some political differences in in um, conspiracy theories. They believe in different conspiracy theories for one. You know, they won't. They're not all going to believe conspiracy theories about each other you know mm-hmm. it, it, and it tends to be and by the way this is like the social motive coming into play here because as i was saying the, the to feel unique that makes you feel good individually but you also are part of a group right like well we all tend to be part of groups political groups and things like that and if you are uh let's say like you're part of the democrat party and like you're really invested in uh, the politics for instance then you're going to be motivated to believe in conspiracy theories about the right because it's just going to make sense. But but you won't be motivated to believe in conspiracy theories about the left, you know? So that's the social motives coming into play there. That's how, yeah, people can be motivated uh, to believe in conspiracy theories about Republicans, for instance, because they might be Democrat. Um, and so here's one of the similarities between the politically left and right, is that both are drawn to conspiracy theories nearly somewhat equally but it's only at the extreme ends so if you're extremely left-wing and if you're extremely right-wing then you're very likely going to believe in conspiracy theories so they have these differences you know they don't believe the same conspiracy theories i mean that makes sense they're not going to believe conspiracy about conspiracy theories about their own group uh, but they will believe conspiracy theories about the other side um but both left and right believe in conspiracy theories yeah but it just appears that people on the right, it just it just comes across more mainstream with them. Like it's just more like in the politics for the right uh, and less on the left. I don't know if you've felt that observation or you've sensed that. No, I, I didn't. I never thought about there really being <laughs> a difference other than that they may have different mm. theories. It does seem mm. to be that now, I don't know if it was always the case, it didn't seem to be, but that in amongst the right and in, in the United States anyway, they're very mainstream now. Like mm-hmm. it's, they accept mm-hmm. it as fact. Yeah. And it all and it's first of all, they believe that these a lot of these theories have been validated. They mm-hmm. what they don't grasp is that they've been validated by the same sources that you got them from. <laughs> it, 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 they're not outside mm-hmm. of your loop. Like, mm-hmm. oh, look, it's been proven now that the coronavirus originated in a lab. No, it mm-hmm. hasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's accepted. It's it, it's true there, that it's more accepted as a possibility now, mm-hmm. but it hasn't been proven. And there's just yep. a whole. It's been proven that people are dropping dead from vaccines. Yeah, no, it's yeah, not. Yeah. But they but they think it is because the sources they go no. to are telling them that. Mm-hmm. But it uh, another way thing that they remind me of is like gamblers, like gamblers that I've known. Gamblers will lose and lose and lose all their money and then win. Mm-hmm. And when they win, they say, oh, you look, I'm so smart. Look, I won. <laughs> I told you this was going to happen. Yeah, but you mm-hmm. told me about 30 other games too and they all lost. Mm-hmm. And the conspiracy theories, you know, you know, you come up with enough stuff. Eventually it's going to be true. Conspiracies yep. do occur in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just to me, it's a matter of how much evidence you're relying on to accept them and how many of them, you know, and how detailed you believe they are. But when mm-hmm. it happens, it's like, look, confirmation. We were right. Mm-hmm. We knew yeah, it. Yeah. 
when the other person or their, you know, their interlocutor or the society in general may not have been saying, no, no, that's impossible. Just hold off. Let's wait mm. for evidence. Yeah. And so is that a common characteristic? I mean, it's kind of a long winded way to ask the question. Is that a common characteristic as well amongst conspiracy oh, theorists to oh, look for vindication? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and I think the example that you gave of the origin of, uh, you know, the Wuhan lab origin theory, that is like a real perfect example, because early on it was it, it was dismissed as a conspiracy theory, but not in not 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 in official bodies, official organizations were taking all theories seriously. But like um, but it was tarred as a conspiracy theory, um, like it was being hidden up. It was just basically seen as one of the most, it was seen as unlikely by, you know, people that were investigating it, but it was never off the cards. And as you said, like, it's not like we, uh, for or people that were refuting something that's got proven, well, not proven, but like shown that it could have happened. I'm talking about the uh, Wuhan lab uh, theory. That, um, yeah, and for the fact that it is becoming a little bit more likely that it could have come from there, a lot of like uh, investigative journalism, but also the um, organizations that are looking into it are seeing actually there's a good possibility that it could have come from the lab, but like it's not like it was something intentional that happened. It, it possibly, if it did happen, it was a mistake that it got leaked. But yeah, the fact that it's been investigated more seriously now is proof, proof that like the yeah. conspiracy theories they were talking about before were true. But no one was denying it because I remember myself as well saying, hey, look, I'm not saying that this is a conspiracy theory. It could have happened. It could have happened. But we don't know yet. You, you can't you can't say that this has happened. You know, you know, we have to wait for these reports to come out. And we have to trust them for one. But this is the issue is that, like, you know, these are official organizations that are doing these investigations. And if they're official, then they're part of the part of the act. You know, unless you they can't. tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that what they're saying is is credible. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any reliable method of shaking conspiracy theorists of their beliefs? Is there any way to to break this or is it just something you just have to deal with and either talk to them or not and yeah. then just move on? It's, it's yeah, we get like as psychologists, we get asked that like a lot, like all the time. Mm -hmm. And it seems more and more now. Um the the quickest answer is that there really, there isn't a silver bullet at the moment. There isn't like there are things that um basically like the way the research has gone on in the last twenty years, as I said, we've had a we've we've got a real good understanding of why people why people believe in conspiracy theories, and we feel like we have a real good good understanding of that now. But it's kind of, you know, works in stages. So now that we've been looking at why people believe in them, we've also been looking at with the consequences of them now. So that impression paper, that was like a way of like, what are the consequences of people who share them? You know, we're looking at all these different consequences, not just like consequences of not being wanting to get vaccinated or not wanting to do climate change behaviors and things like that. So now we're going really thorough into the consequences, but also in parallel, there is lots of research looking at interventions. So we know why people believe in them. We know that there's consequences. So now we need to figure out how to, to try and deal with it, how to intervene. And yeah, there is lots of things that are going on. Um, it's, there's no real advice that I can say as a, you know, if you want to speak to your friend or your family, the only thing that I could say is like, you just don't want to like argue against them beliefs. You don't want to get into that loop. You don't want to like just tell them that what they're, what they're believing is wrong because that's not going to do nothing. They're going to, 
double down, you're going to get into an argument and you're just going to give yourself like, you're just, it's not going to be good. You're going to get a headache is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like there are, there are things like, for instance, there's things that social media companies are doing and like, uh, well, what researchers are thinking, actually, I'll tell you this one thing, and this is what has been implemented on, it's being trialed on Facebook and things like that. But as I said, this isn't something that, you know, this is something that for businesses to do, you know, but this is something, there are things that are happening. But it's interesting because I'll tell you this because it's actually really cool. So there's a thing called inoculation theory and it basically follows the same idea of a vaccination. So you get people, and this is a preventative measure, you know, instead of um, dealing with it after the fact. So it mainly works for if you're not into conspiracy theories yet. Um, But like, oh, possibly it could help if they are just, just just start getting into them. But basically you can tell people so just like how a vaccine works, you can inject like uh, a part of the, a small dose of the disease or whatever it is. And then your body, because it's so small, your body sees it and it's like, oh, it can easily fight that. There's not much there, but it's learned how to fight that because it saw what how it works. So in the same sense, if you tell people, or if you, if, if you tell people how conspiracy theories work, how they're spread, or if you do it even better, if you get them to play a game, so I can actually send you a link to this. And in fact, this is something that you could send to friends and families, essentially, actually. But yeah, it's a link. It's called the bad news game. And in this game, you have to get as many followers as you can online. And that's the aim of the game. You've got to get as many followers as you can. But then you learn how to get followers quick. And it's basically using similar tactics of how conspiracy theories get followers. And you can do things like manipulate the emotion in in the in the message that you're about to post on on this on this fake online game, so you can because that's what a lot of conspiracy theorists use. They use emotionally amplified language because, like, instead of just saying a, a conspiracy theory plainly, they make it like oh, this like real bad thing, like and really just make it seem much more worse than what it is and much more anxiety inducing. They just add a lot more emotion to it. So if you if you get people to play this game and say, hey, look, you need to get followers. And here's one way of doing it. How about you manipulate the language? You know, you make it seem more emotionally, they, um, uh, yeah, appealing. And then you get people to play this game, and then and they try all these other tactics, and they keep getting followers. And then basically, what they're learning how to do is how to to spread conspiracy theories online. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but but then what's happened after that in the research is the people who've played this game and they've done all these tactics of how to to get more followers in this game. When you then present them with misinformation or conspiracy theories later on, they're much less susceptible to it because they because they could have played the game because they're, they're not going to be tricked. They've had the vaccine. They've had the shot. Yeah. Does that cool. make sense? So like, yeah, that's yeah. very so interesting. That, yeah. So yeah. that's one. thing. That's yeah, please send me the link. I, I, I yeah. want to see this. That's cool. Yeah, I will do. Yeah. All right. Are, are conspiracy theorists compared to the general population? Are they at any more risk? of behaving violently or you know disruptively in society or is it just like anybody else uh the research says that they are more inclined to to commit violence actually yeah and i mean you can see that in things that have happened in the world as well so i don't know if this happened in the usa um but in england when COVID, uh, when 5g masts were being put up um engineers were getting abused and i think one of them was like was attacked by conspiracy theorists because they were going up to these these engineers that are just going out to go you know 
put a phone mast up you know they've got no idea yeah. what and they get these conspiracy theorists that have come up to them and they're like harassing them and um i think one of them was attacked in the uk and then definitely a few masts were damaged as well so there were definitely these criminal acts and violence that were and harassment directly from people that believe in covid 19 conspiracy theories i mean i mean yeah and there's yeah so there was a paper that looked specifically at this as well and asked people you know how much do you believe in these conspiracy theories and covid 19 is one of them and then asked them other questions like you know how like how do do you think violence to stop 5g masks for instance is justified and the people who tended to score higher on covid 19 conspiracy beliefs tended to to score higher on these violence intentions so they do have, like it appears, a higher tendency to, to commit violence than non-believers. But I don't think that's the case for every conspiracy theory, by the way. Mm-hmm. To be clear, like, and there hasn't been tons of research on this, but COVID-19 has been linked because there was violence that was happening. So, you know, we see it happening um, and that's anecdotal evidence. But then what we want to do is try to get that in data to see if that really is something that reflects and, you know, not just one person, but hundreds of people when you're asking them the question. So yeah, like yeah, they, they are more inclined to to support violence and justify it and um and commit violence. Yeah. Well, if yeah, you think I about it, stop antagonizing them online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as, but yeah, yeah, perhaps it might be a good idea. <laughs> but um but as I said, like I don't think it's for every conspiracy theory. If someone just believes that the moon landings were faked, you know, for instance, and that's all they believe in, I mean that's fair enough, you know, whatever. But I, I don't think they'd be more inclined to like I don't know, go attack NASA or something like that. You know, I think they'd yeah. probably just find the conspiracy very fun, you know? And, uh, but I think when people feel really threatened, then they need, they feel that they've got to act out, you know? And COVID-19 was in their eyes. I mean, it, it was threatening to everybody, you know? It's <laughs> literally was a threat to, to everyone in the world. But they had a the ones who believe conspiracy theories. I've kind of built for them in a way because they didn't just have the threat of COVID nineteen. Yeah, they might deny it, but they had this other threat that this is something much bigger, much larger than than a pandemic, and that's scary to them because they feel like tyranny. The government is like taking over, controlling them, so they're acting out. You know, trying to look after their own, look after their self interest. I guess, yeah, 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 against a mighty, mighty foe. Mm-hmm. Right? one world governments and everything mm-hmm. else so mm-hmm. is there anything else that i i that you want think should be said that i haven't asked about that people want to know um or should no know? i've had quite a lot and i've been very like you know honestly i'm like i feel like you've got a really good like uh hand like understanding as well like the questions that you're bringing up and the things that you're talking about the uniqueness like this is yeah like this is Thanks. all stuff that's shown in the literature and uh we have kind of covered like the main the main thing so you have like the motives which are discussed and there's the entertainment value as well um yeah i mean that's kind of like the main reasons why people are drawn to them yeah I, i'm not because i, I mean I, what i can say at the moment is like what the, all the research i'm doing now is looking at consequences of, of conspiracy theories and there's lots of ones that we already know about like the less inclined to get vaccinated um I, well, I don't know if you was aware of that but that is something that we found in literature um so yeah the, the research is still ongoing like it's yeah and okay i guess one thing i'd say yeah 
this this isn't like um a new thing it might seem like this is a new modern thing uh and especially because of the internet you know social media and things like that so a lot of people ask is it has conspiracy theories increased are we are we believing in them more than ever um and i think the answer to that is actually no like actually we aren't we aren't in any i mean yeah covid19 is a bit different like there was a lot more conspiracy theorizing going on then but there's been conspiracy theorizing going on for sure. hundreds, yeah, hundreds of years, like probably since we've been thinking. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading, a, I think it was a letter between Ben Franklin and his sister. Uh-huh. And, and he's explaining to her, no, no, the Masons are not this horrible organization. Because okay. so even back then it was yeah, it, yeah. around, you know, it's just, I think they've always been a part, a part of the society, but with social media and, you know, I'm new to it myself, but it's everything gets amplified. Because yeah, it's just out there, and you come across it so much more. Yeah, it's like, wow, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff's you know, it's all here. Yeah, all right. Do you have a, a website or anything where people can find you? Uh, no, but I can be found on my um, on the University of Kent's webpage. Uh, if you just search like Ricky Green, University of Kent, you're Dr. Ricky that. Green, right? Dr. Ricky, Dr. Green, Dr. Ricky yeah. Green, you don't look like a doctor, you look like you're about 19. How old are you? 36. Oh. 36. Uh, I think oh, 35. No, I think I'm 35. Oh my goodness. Now we've lost all credibility. You don't even know how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? Like I honestly got confused the other day. Uh, no, it's, it's 35. I'm 35. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. I, I appreciate it. And I really enjoyed the discussion. Yes. All right, everyone. For now, this is the Rational Egoist. I'm Michael Leibowitz signing out. Remember, like, share, comment, subscribe. Till next time.